0: How long will it be before somebody does a terrible Sylvester Stallone impression on today's episode? Place your bets now on today's knockout, that song from that movie. Namaste. Thank you for joining that song from that movie. The journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. I am your World Heavyweight Champion of the World Podcast host, Dietrich, and we are joined today by, he's pushing 30 freaking years old, and if he doesn't wise up, he's going to die an old maid, Alex. So. <laughs> how true is that?
1: <laughs> yeah, very.
0: Less than a year to go. I would hate to be in your shoes. <laughs> actually, I'm the youngest in this podcast. I mean, technically, yeah. I'm 24 years old. <laughs> and he's going to eat lightning, and he's going to crap thunder. It's Ben.
1: I wonder how that'd actually feel. Excruciating. Eating lightning,
0: <laughs> crapping thunder. Yeah. Would you be worse? Well, eating lightning is like photosynthesis. Surely.
1: I'm trying to think. Yeah. Would you eat thunder crap? Like, no,
0: that'd be, that'd be way
2: worse. You don't want like a lightning bolt shooting out your ass. Yeah. You'd have to eat lightning first because we yeah. all know that it comes first. You don't crap before you eat, or do
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, technically, what came first?
2: I'd say eating. I don't think you. I don't think babies poo before they eat. I don't know.
1: You're the only one that
2: would know. <laughs> well, my baby didn't poo before he ate. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> out of the womb this is and into the fire oh god only knows on the
0: inside so uh, clearly lockdown's not affecting our mental state with this conversation not one bit did
2: you guys attend any uh v-day street pies whether they were against the rules or not
1: i did not know
2: i walked through many like going for my government approved daily
1: walk
0: He
2: constitutional
0: me and kate were in mns food that's <laughs> where the real party's going yeah, it actually worked out quite well, because they, they got everybody in the shop early, so they didn't have to do any sort of the outside bit during the two minutes. Uh, okay, yeah. In moment, it might have been slightly against the two-meter protocol. But we we stayed in the corner out of the way, where the alcohol is.
2: <laughs> what about you, Alex? Well, <laughs> we got asked to attend a street party and there very much was one going on, but we avoided it by hiding in the garden. <laughs> That's the, the true British way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awkward isolation.
2: Yeah, I'd love to say that it was just because of the uh, the regulations, but it was also because I didn't want to spend time with people from the street. Let's
1: hope they all listen <laughs> to
0: this podcast. <laughs> I'm
2: sure they don't. Today's episode is gonna
0: fly now. It is gonna right? Not-
2: gonna fly now.
0: Yeah, it is gonna. By Bill Conti from the legendary sports movie Rocky. So, when Rocky was in the ring, what was happening in the world, Alex? <laughs>
2: So, Dietrich, it's interesting you say Rocky was in the ring, because actually when the song came out, Rocky may well not have been in the ring. <laughs> in terms of clarity for people who are listening, we usually go by with the history of the month of the release of the song, and yeah, like I say, usually that's in tandem with the film. Or I suppose there will be examples where it was way before the film, like things like Back to the Future with Chokeberry and stuff like that. But in this case, its official release was in December 1976, but the song didn't actually get a release until February 1977. And I tried to research why, and I think the only reason I can come up with is that this film wasn't expected to be a success, and then it was a massive success, so they released it as a single. Yeah. But as we'll come into later on, the, the version that was released wasn't the version from the film. But I think that's often the case, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. It seems to me that every time I host this,
0: it's always two different versions of the song.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the versions are pretty similar, but I think the vocals... Which, we'll again, we'll come on to later, are actually ramped up in the film version, <laughs> than the the version that was released. So, <laughs> do you want to do the nose again? <laughs> February 1976 saw the release of Fleetwood Mac's Rumours album. Lovely. So, uh, obviously, Gonna Fly Now did not get to top the charts. Well, <laughs> you say that, but it did. Oh, really? It actually did. It got to number one, yeah. Oh, wow. It was number one in the Hot Billboard chart. It didn't get to number one in the UK, but it did in the US.
0: Um, does thunder only happen when you eat lightning
2: <laughs> i like that good reference to streams yeah so fleetwood mac rumours released one of the most uh popular and successful albums of all time also the first aardman animations character which was morph was introduced on bbc children's television program oh, take wow. heart yeah well for us it was on smart yeah it was on smart yeah 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 smart with this sort of really high-pitched voice yeah, it's the same. It's the same character. But I would. I always. I was assumed that Wallace and Gromit were yeah. the first Ardman characters. Did not know they were Ardman. What morph? No morph. Sorry. Yeah. Did not know. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> no, Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, Wallace and Gromit. Who? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't either. I was just assumed that it was just it was also claymation. But I suppose it makes perfect sense, really. Yes. Do any of us have any favorite Ardman characters?
1: Ooh,
2: hmm. Gr- Gromit. <laughs> um. I'm, I'm partial to the uh, to the um, robot on the moon from the first Wallace Grommet. Gromit. Oh, I like the penguin. Yeah, I mean, it's the penguin. It was... Or
0: rooster, as people seem to think it is. And it's like, no, it's actually a penguin. That's the point of the entire shot. He's wearing a glove on his head.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've also got some notable births from uh, 1977, because I couldn't really find out that much <laughs> about it. So Shakira <laughs> was born in 1977. Shakira, Shakira. February, yeah. Floyd Mayweather Junior., which is obviously relevant in this case.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's where it. That's where it comes in. Clearly, doesn't it? It was just destined for it.
2: Absolute destiny. yeah. Although the film was released the year before. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Ben, you'll enjoy this one. Two members of uh, Linkin Park were born in this year too. Do you want to guess which ones? Yeah, in the same month.
1: Um, Johan.
2: Nope.
1: F- Dave Farrell. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm running out of. Okay, Chester Bennington, Mike
0: Shinoda. Mike Shinoda. Sweet. I got it. Can't believe I got it. How many members of Lincoln Pack are there? Uh, well, was.
1: Six? Seven? Okay, name them. Oh, no, because I don't know any other other than the four I've just said. <laughs> it must be six. There's a gap to the bassist.
2: Uh, I think you being able to name four is probably better than the vast majority of people yeah. could do. Yeah, I
0: could name two.
1: I remember Dave Farrell because his nickname was Phoenix. That's, all I, that's why. I think Dave
2: Farrell is actually the bassist. Is Dave Farrell the bassist? I think so, yeah. Is he the one that wears the big earphones? <laughs>
1: No, that's the guitar uh the the basis was bald, I think. The guitarist right. had like a big tuft of hair and then Johan was the DJ Do it on the decks.
0: DJ.
2: On the touchpads. <laughs> on the touchpads, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so that's the news. That's that's February nineteen seventy seven. I love it. So should we go to the synopsis of the film? Yes. Just in case. I mean I um, I assume we've both seen it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's directed by John G. Avaldson. Who? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good, very good question. And it was written by and starring Sylvester Stallone The film tells the rags to riches story of Rocky Balboa, a struggling working class club boxer who gets offered the chance to compete for the World Heavyweight Championship against the Polo Creed. Um, <laughs> look, I don't know why I put a gap in there. I think it <laughs> was like, ooh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what are your guys' opinions of the film? You've both seen it. Anyone watched it recently? Was it a while ago? Well, I've not
0: watched it recently because it's not on Netflix and it's not on Amazon Prime in the UK, which is very annoying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm the same. I was trying to look for it and and I could have bought it just for this, but I I rewatched Creed. That was the
2: closest thing I could get. I haven't seen Creed films, actually. Are they good?
1: Yeah, Creed, the first Creed's really good. I think it hits a a lot of similar sort of beats as Rocky without being just a carbon copy. I mean, I'll, I'll ask this question about Rocky.
2: Do we think the film is actually good or do we think it's bad? Or do we think it's so bad that it also almost becomes good? I think it's just a, g- a good film. Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so.
2: <laughs> I remember really enjoying
0: it when I watched this as a teenager. I, I was very cynical at the time. So the fact that... Uh... G- can I spoil a f- nearly 50-year-old movie? I think I can. Yes, <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the fact that Rocky doesn't win at the end um, <gasps> was very appealing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I did watch back quite a few clips on YouTube yesterday of Rocky and... Was thinking, I can't understand a single word anyone's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Who had uh, four minutes on the clock for someone to do a Sylvester Stallone impression?
2: <laughs> I know <laughs> it was always going to happen. It's not even a good one. <laughs> I was making sure I wasn't going to do it. I was waiting for people to. The
1: only thing, and I remember this because it was—I think I, I rewatched Rocky Four not too long ago. The boxing in the first two Rockies is shocking. <laughs> they just walk out and there's no defence. They're just hitting each other in the face like those toys,
2: you know, that used to just, like, do the uppercut and see which block you could knock off. Rock'em, sock'em, robots. Apparently in, like, at the beginning of the film. It's so bad, but they couldn't because obviously the budget for this film was so low. It was only a million pounds. Yeah, it was shocking. Yeah. That they couldn't go back and reshoot the scenes. But apparently it's so obvious that they just are not hitting each other. No, and at the isn't. end, the end fight, like the lighting is so dark that you can't actually make out anything. No. no.
0: <laughs> the sound's really weird in that final scene as well. Yeah. Because they clearly want it to sound like a really busy arena and everyone's shouting. But every time a character that you need to hear says something, it goes
2: really quiet or really like that yeah it's very obvious that there's only about 20 people in the (laughs) sat around the ring rather than like yeah 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 definitely i mean for me like i i really like this film but i also realise that it's not a good film do you know what i mean like i think it's i think it's sort of like almost bad in a way that's un like inimitable like you couldn't possibly make a film that was the same as this film because it's like One, the budget was so low, and I don't think films really get made with budgets like this anymore. Yeah, you know, they don't give chances to sort of like people who want to write and star in their own film. And it's just so strange because it's kind of like it doesn't know whether it's sort of like this simple Cinderella story or whether it's like some sort of great indie movie about like someone who works for a loan shark (laughs) and then all of a sudden like becomes, you know, like it it almost like all hints at the sort of darker parts but then always pulls away from it like there's a part with dimension the loan shark where you would think there would be consequences for rocky leaving his role as the debt collector but there just isn't like in fact i think the loan shark gives him some money towards uh, his training equipment and you just think i i'm not sure that's the way it would go so it's almost like yeah there's loan sharks in this world but they're nice loan sharks (laughs) (laughs) i mean it it really captures the american dream
1: though doesn't it for americans it's like anybody can out of the realms of possibility achieve quickly, not even by earning it really, because he doesn't earn it at all Nope, no it doesn't <laughs> He's not smart, he doesn't have much going for him, you know, he is just the everyman
2: Yeah, and like you said, like he doesn't really earn it Like, although we do see him training a lot, and that is like what we'll go into with the scene that features the song the, the the opposite is also true. You don't see Apollo Creed training at all. All he does is sit in his like <laughs> in his like leather chair, like just laughing maniacally at his like crazy plot to fight someone who's like a, a common working man
1: <laughs> Because it should be impossible. It should be impossible for Rocky to win the fight, and he doesn't. And I guess that's yeah. The whole he's thing. got heart. Then he's, he's got, got the heart. He's got heart. Well, or he can just he basically just can t- take a punch. That's the whole point of Rocky Balboa, isn't
2: it? He can
0: just keep standing on two legs. What kind of boxing federation would sanction this match?
2: Sanction this fight? I know, yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It's a professional heavyweight champion of the world versus a guy who punches
2: meat. (laughs) And selected only because of his nickname, the Italian Stallion. That is the only reason he gets chosen. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Right, so um, we'll talk, I'll just give you a uh, bit of information about the song itself, which, to your surprise, isn't Eye of the Tiger. Which I think you two probably knew anyway. Obviously, as we discussed at the beginning of the episode, it's going to fly now. But I think a lot of people associate Eye of the Tiger more with Rocky than yeah. maybe they do this. Although I think they recognise this as like a sort of... Theme from Rocky. Yeah. They would know it, but I don't think they would think of it as a standalone song. Yeah, I think it
0: is something we have to sort of point out is that Eye the Tiger is not in this film. Yeah, not at all. Not So if you're all, it's all at home going, why did we not talk about Eye of the Tiger instead? It's because it's not in this film and it's yeah. not in the next one either.
2: Yeah, you'll have to wait until Rocky 3. Is there a song from Rocky 2? I assume there must be. Yeah, probably.
1: Isn't this, again, just a different version? Like, isn't Gonna Fly Now featuring a lot of them?
2: Yeah, Gonna Fly is featured in all of them, to some extent. Just slightly different, yeah. Yeah, possibly the second one is like a disco version, but I'll come on to that in a second. Oh, yeah, wait, I think it is. And there's also a really similar scene in the second one. So so yeah, Eye of the Tiger was in Rocky 3. People will like to point that out to you if you ever mention that it's in uh, Rocky, so just be careful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. So it was composed by Bill Conti, which Dee has said. He actually composed the full soundtrack for the film. He has composed a few other soundtracks of classic films. Karate Kid. Great. For Your Eyes Only, which is obviously a James Bond film. Mm. Not one of the best ones, but it is a James Bond film. And also Dynasty. Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky was before those, yeah? Uh, Yes, I think so, yeah Well, it was definitely before Karate Kid Interestingly, like, if I just move on a little bit He wasn't the first person asked to do the score for this The first person actually was the husband of Talia Shire Who plays Adrian in the film oh. Ben, are you going to do it for us? but he turned it down because he had other commitments the reason they asked Bill Conti was because he'd composed a score for Avildsen, the director of one of his previous films which was called, which is an amazing title WW and the Dixie Dance Kings (laughs) of course it is (laughs) and it's a film starring Burt Reynolds about a man who teams up with a country western man to rob gas stations (laughs) Never heard of it. Okay. They, did, they didn't end up using the score for that film, but I think Avelton obviously had worked with him before and thought he might be able to do this. But the budget for the music on this film was only 25 grand, and that was to cover the composer's wow. fee, the musicians, the studio time, and the tape that was recorded on. <laughs> I mean, it's like you think 25 grand, that sounds like a lot of money, but for all that, to hire all those people and record all the, song, all the music and score is nowhere near and if I don't know what a budget would be on a film nowadays but I'm guessing it'd probably be in, in the millions for a lot of uh, big films Absolutely. so yeah, yeah it's mad that they managed to do that but yeah to go back to the song so the song is going to fly now it was composed by Bill Conte. the lyrics <laughs> so this is funny in so there, lyrics, there is lyrics to this song there is lyrics to this song there's only 30 words but the lyrics were written by two people <laughs> <laughs> So they were written by Carol Connors and Anne Robinson Anne so no, Nan Robinson. Anne Anne Robinson. Robinson. <laughs> uh, imagine by Anne Robbins, and also like with input from Bill Conti. So three people <laughs> contributed the lyrics. And actually, like the lyric, there's so few lyrics. I'll read them out to you now. Trying hard now. It's so hard now. Trying hard now. That's <laughs> that's first one. Straight from a pawn. <laughs> well, to continue the theme, getting strong now. Coming on now. Getting strong now. And then, final uh, verse, which obviously links to the title of the song Gonna Fly Now, Flying High Now, Gonna Fly, Fly, Fly. <laughs> Those are the only lyrics.
1: You can almost imagine Rocky Balboa saying it to himself in his head as he's doing the running, like, You'll go fly now. Yeah, I
2: guess that's Get kind so of. Get high like... Now.
1: It's like monosyllabic, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, that it does sound like something you would say to yourself while you were working out. I'm gonna try, it. I'm gonna try now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah just like it sort of go around in your head. <laughs> so yeah i mean i really i really enjoyed the fact that it was written by two people i mean i'm sure they put a lot of work into it so i'm not uh, diminishing their their efforts but it's quite amusing we are to an extent yeah so it was performed by dieta west and nelson pigford so it was recorded by two people as well but i think there's a bit of a harmony isn't there yeah. then there's a male voice and female voice so those those two
0: with the amount of people involved we should calculate how much money they would have got each <laughs> i guess
2: it's hard, isn't it to say but not a lot 20 bucks Yeah, Philly cheesesteak. So yeah, the version like I mentioned earlier, that's in the film, has never actually been independently released. However, Conte released a version that got to number one in the US, which was the version that was released in February seventy seven. And like I said, I think I can only assume that that was because of the popularity of the film. So like I mean, the budget, like I said, was one million, but the film made two hundred and twenty five million. Passing the box office, it was the biggest selling film of nineteen seventy six. So, I mean, obviously it makes sense to sort of try and make more money off of that by releasing the song at that point. But when it was in the charts, there was actually two other versions in the charts at the same time, or the same year, sorry. There was a a jazz version by (laughs) jazz trumpeter Maynard Ferguson, and then there was a disco version by Rhythm Heritage, (laughs) which may well be the version that features in the second film, because I know that the the version is a, a disco version. So, yeah, like, what do you guys think about the song? I mean, it is a bit of an anthem, to be fair, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, we played it just before
1: we started. It's a film classic, isn't it? Any sort of running scene or montage in a film owes itself to that song and that scene where he's running up the steps. It's iconically coupled. I mean, like when we say about Eye of the Tiger, I think it's more synonymous with Rocky, but I don't know when it's played. Whereas I feel like a lot of people know Gonna Fly Now covers the running montage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely. see him running up the stairs,
2: yeah, doing some like fake punches
0: and stuff at the top. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things, as soon as you hear the music, that's what you visualize. The two are just mm-hmm. so linked that it's difficult to separate them, I suppose.
0: With you guys, when you hear this, if someone just played that like, the first two notes, do you think you would know instantly what it is?
1: Yeah, it's quite an iconic yeah. horn. It's yeah. the later parts you forget. I think like after the and then after that, there's not much I think of other than the change. Like there's one breakdown bit, and then after that, I'd assume that the song is like a minute long.
0: Yeah,
2: which is weird because like in the film, it does feature most of the song, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it's about three minutes long. The training montage.
2: Because like I mean, I guess the parts you're referencing other parts with the lyrics that we just mentioned, but also the the crazy wicked guitar solo that comes in. <laughs> I mean, but like, what do you guys think about the choice of the style of music? Because it's kind of like a. um soul funk sort of riff a bit like something from like Shaft or like a 70s detective mm. especially after the first you know you get that sort of triumphant bit with the trumpets but yeah, like when it know. gets into it, it's a bit more of like a funk riff do you think that there was a specific reason why they sort of went with that genre of music maybe It's
0: hmm. a good question the first bit before the is almost gladiatorial yes yeah definitely building up to a fight but I have to imagine after that bit it's because it was in the
2: 70s yeah. Yeah, do you think it was just like influenced by what was going on musically at the time? Yeah. And that, that they just sort of tried to make it relevant? I have to think so. I didn't know, I've not really fleshed out this idea, but I didn't know whether it was relevant because obviously you have the contrast in race in this film. So you have Apollo Creed, who's the big successful boxing champ, and then you have this sort of white working class Rocky. But the music is more, I suppose, would be associated with, with African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know whether they were sort of linking the type of music to class rather than race, because I think historically in America, in the sort of seventies, sixties, and before, obviously African Americans were often of of the sort of working class. So I didn't know whether they were sort of tying it together that way.
1: It might have been. I mean, like I think again of the everyman aspect of Rocky, and like you're, know, I feel like an aim of the script and the screenplay is to be able to envisage yourself in his shoes. I think it has to be sort of all-encompassing, all-consuming sort of music that it doesn't alienate or focus on a particular group. It covers a lot of different beats, from like a classical to like the almost choir-like harmony to the the horns, the jazz, the guitar. I feel like it's a lot of
2: everything. Yeah, it has a lot of influences.
1: So I I think it allows that everyman aspect to come through again.
2: Probably on the right tracks there. It's sort of all those influences come together to sort of create like an American song. But I think it's just sort of... They do make a point in the film of, like, Apollo Creed specifically wanting to choose, like, an Italian white guy. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know whether they sort of, like, were subverting that a little bit. So I think we should probably talk about the scene that the song features. Yes, please. Which is obviously one of probably the most iconic cinema scenes ever. Yep. It sort of begins with Rocky running through in like an industrial wasteland, <laughs> and then he sort of moves from there. So, I mean, it, it doesn't paint the, the most beautiful picture of Philadelphia, but obviously it's just to show like where the kind of background he's coming from. And then he sort of runs through a market which kind of looks like a slum market and there's like barrels with fire in it. But one thing I did notice in the scene is that people in it are not extras because they're all looking at the camera. <laughs> oh, really? I, oh, I didn't notice that. You see them all looking at him and then looking towards the camera as if like wondering what's going on here. But I think that kind of adds, you know, when I sort of talked about how it's not really the kind of film that could happen again. It's like it's like a perfect mess almost. Yes, It's like that sort of adds to the to the realness, the grayness, the sort of hometown person, like, trying to make it big. Because I suppose, as well, like, the story of Rocky is also the story of Sylvester Stallone becoming a success, writing the scripts and making it, becoming a world-famous movie star. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, what do you guys think of that specific scene? I think my biggest takeaway
0: is that everything in Philadelphia, and Rocky himself, is gray. Everything is gray. I don't know why. (laughs) It's like... They've gone, this is a really pale-looking area of Philadelphia. Let's put a grayscale filter over it. <laughs> I've been, and it, is, it
2: did feel very grey. That's because, like, poor people don't have any uh, colourful clothes. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I think that is, like, a common thing that they do in uh, film. They sort of they strip the uh, the brightness from it, don't they? And strip the colour to sort of make it look grim and dreary.
1: Yeah.
0: Something I was expecting mentally, I don't, I don't know if this is because, in my opinion, the superior training montages from Rocky IV where I feel like yeah. the beats that are happening in the song are matched up with what's happening on screen. Where in this one, it's a training montage that could have been put to any song because none of it seems to sync up properly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I think I think the production values of all of the films that follow this one are just so much higher. <laughs> But again, I think that just adds to it because it's just, I don't know, there's something likeable about the fact that, yeah, they didn't think to try and sync up. Because it would have been so easy. I mean, there's, there's parts where he's punching the meat and things. That would have been so <laughs> easy to sync up to a beat of a yeah. song. And exactly. It's still- <laughs> and it does in my head. I think that's the problem. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's the power of movies.
2: Speaking of punching meat, do you think this is the first time that punching a slab of meat in a fridge was featured in film? I think it's the first time it wasn't a euphemism it's <laughs> gonna go in the van and beat my meat well because yes. it's a thing that seems to happen a lot but I'm guessing it must have come from this film Yeah, I can't think where else it would come from because it's such a strange thing I
1: mean how, <laughs> how many films have an actual statue from the film in real life because Rocky, the statue of Rocky at the bottom of those stairs yeah which yeah. is, you know, how often do you see that? Like, it is part of Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, because it is so rich with American history, with, like, the Liberty Bell and things, it's just quintessential America, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah we should probably say as well, like, what happens after he gets out of the slum market is he sort of runs. Well, there's there's inter-sliced bits of him, like, training. Like, yeah, punching me. one arm push-ups. Yeah, one arm push-ups, all that. Uh, someone hitting him in the abs with a pad. And then there's a bit where he sprints along. Looks like a dock land. I mean, I don't know that much about Philadelphia, but I'm guessing he must be hinting at some sort of industrial past. And then he runs to the stairs of the Museum of Art and runs up them. But I think I had in my head that there were people running behind him, but I'm pretty sure that's the second one.
1: It is the second one, because that version of the song has like a kid's choir, doesn't it? Right. So maybe that's not the disco one then, because I'm pretty sure the Gonna Fly Now, the words, is sang by a group of kids, and the kids are following him,
2: like the Pied Piper. They repeat so much of the tropes that are designed in this first one, that yeah, you kind of do blend them together, which I think is possibly why, yeah, people confuse Eye of the Tiger with just being in all the Rocky films, mm-hmm. and confuse what happens in this scene specifically. And I think often when something in popular culture imitates the scene, what they're actually imitating is the one from the second film. Um, possibly unknowingly. I think as well what I wanted to ask was montage. Possibly had the first punching of me. Do you think this is the first training montage?
1: I can't think of one before.
2: No. I think when you think of training montage, this is the one you automatically think yes, of. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just because of how famous the film is. But it seems like every film that went after it was imitating this scene. Even Rocky had a montage. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I wouldn't bet my house on it, but I'd say this is probably the first montage as in a exercise montage yeah every day getting there uh. yeah <laughs> well it's not even every day it's like every three seconds <laughs> every three seconds he does that push up and he can't do it and then all of a sudden he's doing one handed his improvement is, is quite rapid in this film superhuman
2: We were just talking then about the montage scene and whether this was the first montage uh, with a song over the top. But do we think that it's the best song used in a montage in a film?
1: I do think it is the best, but I think there are many other good examples. I was trying to think then just what, of montage movies that aren't sport. And the only one I could think of was Flashdance.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, which gave up one of the episodes, didn't it?
1: Because Maniac, is that Flashdance? Or is that. Um, I
2: think is that the Maniac is from. Um, I always thought it was from Scarface, but I could be wrong on that. Do you know where she's on the dance floor? Uh, yeah, it Michelle Pfeiffer. I think it could be from that, but it's surprising how many songs
1: are from Scarface cause that just don't fit.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that is from Flashdance as well. I know, obviously, there's Flashdance, War feeling. But
1: yes, but yeah, like Hearts on Fire,
0: that's a classic
2: one. <laughs> I would <laughs> yes. say that's better than this. Would oh, you? Really?
0: And I think the actual training montage on screen is better. The mixture of Ivan Drago and Rocky doing it at the same time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the fourth one is in my head the only film that's comparable to the first one in terms of how good it is. <laughs> I would say the first and fourth ones stand above the others. The other montage I have in my head is actually there's two montages within the same film, and it's uh, Footloose. Because there's the one where he's doing the dance montage. Yes, um true. In the sort be, of, you yeah. know, like, beating the walls and stuff. But there's also, to go back go back to the song, which seems to crop up a, a lot, is the Let's Hear It For The Boys song. Where <laughs> yeah. the the two main uh, guys are sort of, like, walking through the school. But you also have stuff like, um, I think, like Dirty Dancing, for instance, has a lot of montages. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's like an 80s thing that came off the back yeah, of something Yeah, that's what like, I'm trying what... to think. Because Karate Kid, the same guy, Joyce Esposito,
1: you're the best
2: around.
1: And... Speaking of Scarface, push it to the limit. But yeah, there is a lot. And I
0: think you're right. It's the, I think the 80s, there was a lot more after that. I am yeah. struggling to think of any more recent
2: montages. The, the most recent I could think of is Cool Runnings, but that's 25 years old. <laughs> I think a lot of the time now when you see it, it's a spoof, isn't it? There's always a comedic yes. element yeah. to it. Because I feel like it's yeah. something that's been done so much that you can't do it seriously. Um, and there's obviously yeah. the one that you've referenced earlier with Team America where it directly <laughs> references Rocky. So yeah, I think it's more parody now than it is serious.
1: There is one in Creed. Obviously, it tries to draw on the same notes as Rocky but with a I think it I'm trying to think who, what the song is. Um I think it might be Kendrick Lamar. Is it Kendrick Lamar? Remember.
2: Yeah, I think it's Kendrick Lamar.
1: Yeah, I think it is. But that's re that's really well done to like combine just as well with the sort of a class system similar to Rocky of his background but also Like, his background as being, like, a young black man. And I think that does that really well without being at all cheesy. Mm. So I think it's possible. But, yeah, I think with the 80s, with music videos coming in, these sort of, like, three, four-minute advertisements for films, I think it almost made sense within the films to just have, like, clips and, you know, breakdowns of just quick, punchy notes that really got you sort of, like, hyped.
2: Yeah. You
0: raise an interesting point there. I wonder if the idea of the training montage, or just the montage in general, was linked to, like, the launch of MTV. When did MTV launch?
2: Uh, Oh, probably not. Hang on. The internet is always our friend.
1: I always think of the Dire Straits song, but I don't know when that is. Play the guitar on the MTV. Uh, August 1st,
2: 1981. You can obviously cut all all that gap there, you, and make it sound like I just knew that off the top of my head. Yeah. (laughs) 1st of August, 1981. (laughs) I'll keep it in. Little peek behind the curtain for the audience. I think that all that was like uh, where they started showing videos regularly. I think music videos did sort of exist just before then. I think there were people doing them. So yeah, maybe it does kind of tie in D. It's a good point, actually.
0: Maybe not launch of MTV, but like the rise of music videos,
2: generally. Yeah, I mean, it could certainly be linked to it, especially like with the success of the song as a single as well, and then it being associated with just that sort of three-minute clip of the film. Then yeah, I suppose uh, there is a lot of similarities there. So... 22 films about boxing, I looked this up, have been nominated for Academy Awards. Wow. Six for Best Picture, and two won Best Picture, including Rocky. Is this going to be a name them scenario? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God. Well, can you name the other winner? The, one, the other one that won Best Picture? Raging Bull? Nope. Is it Million Dollar Baby? It's Million Dollar Baby, yeah. Ah,
1: uh, Raging Bull did not win.
2: They're the three I could think of. Raging Bull was one of the six that were nominated for Best Picture. I think when I found out that Rocky won Best Picture, I was very surprised. Yeah, I was, I was surprised it was even nominated. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know whether it's kind of confused the people in the Academy that were voting, because like I said, it sort of on one hand feels like an indie film and obviously is very much an independent film in terms of its budget. But, like, in terms of its story, it doesn't offer any sort of, like, deeper conversation about working class people, for instance. It's just sort of, it's that story of he is working class and he is quite poor and he is not very educated, but he can be the world champion. Like, even with Paul, like, he's, like, not a particularly nice character and he's pretty horrible to, to Rocky and Adrian, but there's never really any consequences to that. And like I said before, there's, there's no issue with him just leaving the loan Shark and becoming a professional boxer. <laughs> like, that feels like if it was an indie film that would definitely come back to haunt him later on down the line. Maybe the sort of
1: indie sleeper hit element of it worked in its favour because people think they're almost supporting the underdog as in the academy as well. Whereas maybe like Taxi Driver was a bit too
2: counterculture. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, like you come out of Rockin' and and I think it's difficult to be like not at least satisfied with your experience because it's just it's just it is kind of like an uplifting story, even though it's very simple. But that's kind of why it works, isn't it? Yeah. And he doesn't win. Like, you know, I think if it was really. If 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 he did
1: win, I think it would be more sour for me.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I think he said that the story was based off a fight that he watched, which was Muhammad Ali against someone, and it went to fifteen rounds, and the guy sort of was expected to lose in like the first round, and that's sort of where the inspiration came from. Although he okay. was later, he later denied that, and the guy whose name I forget sued him <laughs> for compensation. <laughs> but I mean, the question I was going to ask is just why do we think films about boxing are so popular? And and like why why is Hollywood obsessed with making them?
1: I think it's the hyper focused on an individual. I think that's where it beats all other sports movies. And usually they're quite exciting scenes, like to build up to, because usually it's
2: obvious what they're building up to. It's like that final fight, that big fight. And it's easy to have like one main villain, I suppose, as well. Yeah, because yeah, it's one on one fight. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm I'm always surprised just how they're able to reinvent it as well. I mean, what well, if you go back to Raging Bull and like there's Rocco and his brothers? and they're still being very popular now and not just like commercially popular there's been some like critical success like warrior um creed the Fighter. done well yeah the fighter uh southpaw but yeah they do well and they attract big names yeah and what's what was it real steel that robot boxing one <laughs> <laughs> i mean maybe like slightly left field but yeah sure oh that's a great movie <laughs>
2: So I mean, you probably put it up there the one of the top boxing films because you probably can't even name <laughs> more than like ten. But do we think it would be um, one of the best sports films ever made? Oh. Do we? Can you think of any better? Goal. Goal. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Goal two. The Legend of Ants. What's
1: the football film with Sylvester? With
2: <laughs> oh, I was going to say it's not Great Escape. It's not Great Escape. It's um,
1: yeah, the Prisoner. It's like the, when they in the
2: World War Two. Escape to Victory
1: escape to victory i
2: was like it's something like the great escape <laughs> it's not that but it's essentially that film but with football <laughs>
1: i can't think of anything better than boxing films i mean i can think of like there's like Moneyball did quite well
2: uh something like coach carter maybe that's quite good
1: yeah there's other baseball films in there what's the one with there's ones with uh, like tom hanks with the female baseball team
2: the league of their own and there's uh f- field of dreams
1: field of job oh, field of dreams oh. <laughs>
2: Possibly the second sport film featuring a a ghost, such as uh, the Legend of Bagger Vance, which I mentioned with Will Smith as so, a oh, ghost yeah. golf coach.
1: <laughs> it's hard to make a golfing film. I feel
2: there was a film called Tin Cup or something, or oh, Tin Can maybe, which was quite a good golfing film, similar oh, to Rocky. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I've got the top ten underdog sports movies that are similar to Rocky, according to Screen Rant. Here, if you want to hear them. Yeah, do yeah. Okay, let me just go back to the top of this list because this page is very slow. Number 10 is Friday Night Lights. Mm, never heard of it. I thought it was a TV show. Turns out it was originally a movie. Number 9, Invincible. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: yeah, which is a rugby in Oh,
0: no, no. That's Invictus, no. Alex. Oh, sorry. Invincible what is the invisible? one about the Philadelphia Eagles. Number 8, The Mighty Ducks. Yeah. yeah. Classic. I'm not like leaving long pauses for dramatic effect here. This is just how I'm scrolling scroll <laughs> on the page. Number 7 is Warrior. <laughs> Great film. Great it is a, well. Actually, it's a good second half of the film. The first half is very boring. Yes, I suppose, but I still think it's good. Once the actual tournament begins, it is fantastic. It's like, in fact, it's like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> you sit through the first hour, and you're rewarded with a really good second hour. <laughs> That's
1: a claim, isn't it?
2: Is it as good as the uh, 1970s underground film, The Warriors?
1: <laughs> Come out and play. <laughs>
2: Or is anything not as good as that?
1: (laughs) Just holding milk cans in your hand and just (laughs) clinking (laughs) them. Can't imagine Tom Hardy doing it. Actually, no, I can. That's a lie.
2: Yeah, I actually could see Tom Hardy in a remake of The Warriors. Number six is Cool Runnings.
0: I suppose, yeah, Cool Runnings is a good movie. Number five is Slapshot.
2: Sounds uh... like a hockey film. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Paul Newman. No idea. And his sauce. There's a Paul
1: Newman uh, pool film. What's that? Oh, uh... The Colour of Money, is it? The Colour of
0: Money, yeah. 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 Number four is the fighter. Yeah. Yep. Number three is Rudy. Rudy. Uh, no. As in Rudy Giuliani. Yes. It's not actually. It's nope. not actually Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rudy Rudiger, played by Sean Astin. Rudiger. Number two it is a League of Their Own, and yeah. I feel like they're cheating with their first place because number one is Creed.
2: Okay. <laughs> so they're acknowledging the Rocky is the best. There. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Basically, it is a good film. I definitely think you should watch it, Alex. Yeah, we will do. You won't.
2: Has, I won't, no. Has anyone seen the... Um, <laughs> has anyone seen... I suppose it's Rocky Six, but the one that's like Rocky Balboa that came out in like 2000. Not seen it.
1: No, I think that's the only one I've not seen.
2: It's interesting because the song, Gonna Fly Now, hit its highest point in the UK charts in 2007. Oh, really? Which was presumably when that film was released. Yeah. Did they ever do that film where it was Rocky and Robert De Niro?
1: Yes, they did, but it's not called... Co- was oh, what's it called? Ugh...
2: Grudge match, grudge match, grudge match.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be like I guess it was um, Rocky versus Raging Bull. Wait, it's so
2: a Rocky Five. Adrian's Revenge. <laughs> Adrian's Revenge. <laughs> <Is it> Rocky <laughs> Seven. We all know that. Dude. When's that no, coming okay. out? Actually, because that's the next one. That's Creed. <laughs> oh, so that's Rocky's Revenge. Creed.
1: It's not a pleasant film to look at.
2: Grudge <laughs> match. <laughs> they
1: shouldn't be allowed. It's like it's like just putting gloves on two people in a care home and watching them
0: go at it. it as in the UK response to coronavirus.
1: Oh! Boop, 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 boop,
0: boop. <laughs> so, as we've mentioned before, we have had recent versions of this film in Creed and Creed 2, but do you think the original Rocky still holds cultural significance,
1: Ben? This is weird. I usually have time to gather my thoughts while you ask Alex. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so influential. Could definitely go and watch it and enjoy myself. To say it's what forty years ago, is it?
2: Yeah, forty-four.
1: I think you know, yeah, I'd still think, say it definitely doesn't feel incredibly outdated. And what about the song? I mean, yeah, it's spoofed and sort of memed so much now that I feel like if I just think of the song, I, I can't always take it seriously. But it, when I think of it in relation to the film, it really gets you pumped up. Um, I don't think the song is great if it just existed by itself. If I just heard that.
0: You're not sticking that in your Spotify playlist?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's probably on there on my film soundtracks bit when I'm driving to work to get me pumped up. What are you planning to do to your patients? <laughs> well, uh, get them pumped up.
0: What about you, Alex?
2: So, well, in, in terms of the film, I think, yeah, I, I still think it has cultural significance. And I think, Like I've said, I don't think that this film could exist again. Like you couldn't create something that was the same as this film because it's it's made in such specific circumstances, and there's so many things that are wrong with it that work in its favor that I feel like it has to survive just for that reason because it it almost Mm -hmm. you can't recreate what they created with this film. Um, In terms of the song, when I hear it, it's like oh yeah, this is good. It's more because it's reminding me of the film. I feel on its own, it probably would never have been a success. It only works in the context of the film for me, the song. And even when it's used in other things, it's only working in the context of reminding you of the scene from the film. Which brings us on to
0: the uh, big question. If I had enough like gusto with how I spoke, I could try to do like a boxing intro, like in one corner, fighting out a South Philadelphia song.
1: <laughs> What's that guy's name? The very famous so one. The Let's Get Ready to Rumble Yeah, the yeah, Let's Get Ready to Rumble guy.
0: Bruce Buffer.
1: Let's get ready to rumble.
0: Yeah, his voice is worth so much. Isn't he, it? he gets money every single time the Andex, uh, sorry, PJ Duncan's Let's Get Ready to Rumble plays. Does he actually?
2: Which is obviously a lot. I mean, I listen to it daily. <laughs> yeah, because he, he owns the copyright to that phrase.
1: That's crazy. That's the best fact out of this uh, episode.
0: So, movie or song, Alex. For me, it's definitely film. Definitely movie, sorry. Movie, movie. (laughs) Don't ruin this segment. I know, sorry. (laughs) Okay, that's 1-0 to the movie. What about you, Ben? Did you write
1: this down, like on a tally? Just like how you said that, you sound like you were writing this tally down. Well, mentally, I suppose. Like one to Alex? Yeah, but it was just just how you said it. I felt like you you got this thing like one on one side and then counting it up. Uh, Yes, exactly. Exactly as we've said
0: before. It's, It's the film all the way. Well, that makes it 2-0, but I wasn't going to say film. Oh, really? really? Yeah, I think I'm going to go Song. I might have had a different opinion had I been able to properly watch it in the past week. But after watching the clips on YouTube yesterday, I think I do fall more towards a Song. So I'm going Song and it's, surprisingly, it's a 2-1
2: win for the movie. Yeah, I think it's difficult because like, I think you go into it thinking you're going to go one way. But when I started thinking about the film, I just I had to go that direction because I just think it's, for me it's not the song that gets me to that point of of uh exuberation it's more of a smaller film <laughs> i was really worried where you were going with that <laughs> <laughs> to that point
0: of uh <laughs> trying to think of the right adjective that brings us to the end of the episode thank you for joining us today let us know what you think about the movie or song on twitter i am thinking i might start putting a poll out each week as an episode is released where you can vote if you think the movie or song is better
2: Well, that sounds like a great idea.
0: The only bad thing about that is because we record these in advance, there's no way, like, unless we do a revisited episode. Do you want me to do a jingle for it? If you can ad-lib one right now, go for it. (laughs) Awful. So you can follow us on uh, Twitter, it's tsftmpod.
2: So it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Alex. I'd just like to say, going in one more round when you don't think you can, that's what makes all the difference in your life. Thank you and goodbye. some powerful stuff right there. Do you have anything to beat that, Ben?
1: If I can change, and
2: you can change,
0: everybody can change. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. I wasn't actually expecting you to have something in response to
2: that. He usually does. (laughs) Yeah, I usually don't
0: know. I was just going to go,
1: he's getting beat! (laughs) Oh, he's getting mad! (laughs) Well, you've got both in now, so there you go. go. Both, Both motivational in different ways.
0: Goodbye, everybody. Bye! See you later. Bye. Need more gusts than that, Alex. Give it a real bye. (laughs) Bye. Better. Take that sign down from your window telling everybody to listen to that song from that movie podcast.
2: <laughs> Unless a secret, I want them to know. I want them to find out so they'll never ask us again.
0: I mean, by the time this comes out, the lockdown will be completely finished and everybody will be back to normal, right? Sure. Right? Why not? Yeah, let's work off that. Optimist D, I like it. Yes, that's something I miss these days. <laughs>
2: that's the pessimism D, I like it. That's Ben's pessimism from uh, the Toy Story episode, Sleeping in finally got hold of
1: you. No, 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 let's not. let's not bring out trauma now. <laughs>
2: Would you say this lockdown has got
0: to Toy Story Four levels yet?
1: Well, it will. It will stay out of my house, just like the coronavirus. <laughs> I will avoid Toy Story Four just as much as I do COVID nineteen. Well, soundbite there. <laughs>